Hey everybody, it's John Luke here. I would once again like to apologize for having some audio issues on my microphone with this episode. The good news is I've pinpointed the problem so it should no longer be an issue going forward, but I really don't like that it's happened twice in a row, and I want to give you all a heads up because if it is too much for you, I totally understand if you want to just turn it off. Thankfully, it's just my microphone, everyone else sounds fine, and in fact I cut out some of my sections where I talked about what I was playing to hopefully alleviate some of the audio concerns. I would like to thank all of you once again for continuing to listen to GameSpot After Dark. We really do appreciate your support for this podcast, and I hope you guys have a wonderful time with this episode if you do choose to listen to it. And we'll see you next week for a special episode of GameSpot After Dark that you won't want to miss. Hello, everybody, and welcome to GameSpot After Dark episode one, two, three. I love that. Ooh. It's magical. We did it. I am your host, John Luke Seipke, filling in for Tamor Hussein, who, along with Lucy James, is out. They're at the Game Awards, uh, which, as of the time of this recording, hasn't happened yet. So I don't know what any of these magical 50 games that Achilles is promising are going to be. I'm going to go ahead and take a wild stab Ooh. that um, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that they are not going to reveal Silk Song. Jordan, what is your You're prediction? a <laughs> fucking monster. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm being personally attacked on today of all days, which feels gross and unnecessary john luke silk song could have a release date you don't know that no well, one I, knows if that. i'm wrong then i look like the idiot so you get to lord it <laughs> over me <laughs> that's true that's true but do you have any do you have any predictions Jordan? other other than silk song is that is that your prediction you Let's say silk song's less a prediction and more of a silent plea like to <laughs> just give me something anything after the just hellscape of continuing to live through a pandemic that we should have ended like 14 months ago but like beyond that i have a sinking suspicion that we will see more of the callisto protocol at the game awards oh, this year yeah yeah mm-hmm. okay i'd like to see that um, and not enough uh respect on like composers or anything like that because why would keely ever <laughs> do something oh like that? we could get into that if we wanted uh <laughs> i know if michael hyam was here he would go off about that because he has a lot of things to say about that um, i was about to say how long does the podcast go for <laughs> <laughs> and we're that going re- to the game awards that voice right there you're hearing is uh jess howard a brand new uh editor for GameSpot. welcome hi well uh, i was gonna say welcome back but you you've been here so i guess i shouldn't look <laughs> well, i'm just excited you. it's, you've it's been like here when you before yeah yeah no i just i totally pulled a move though where like you know the person who you hand your ticket to at the theater is like enjoy your movie and you're like yeah you too (laughs) um which is a good a good first impression but hi i'm so excited to be here yeah it was great to have you uh i haven't actually (laughs) gotten a chance to work with you yet but i'm 
this I guess is my first official working with you for GameSpot. It's very exciting. Oh, it's uh, so exciting. We're gonna we're gonna knock it out of the park. Have a good feeling. <laughs> uh, do you have any bold predictions for what I guess already <sighs> happened at the game awards? <laughs> I I don't know if I have any bold predictions because I feel like it's going to be a lot of what we've seen before. Mm. <laughs> Just probably more footage. Like I'm expecting it, like we're going to see more God of War. I'm I'm thinking like th- things like that. Like I think it's going to be just kind of a hype fest, which is what Keeley yeah. does. So Yeah. Definitely um, all about the awards. Definitely not about <laughs> reveal after reveal after reveal. What I'm what I'm fingers foolish. crossed hoping for is I hope that we get like another joseph Farr's moment where like somebody calls out something that's what i'm hoping for I mean, i'm like is it gonna be spicy it takes two came out joseph Farr's could be there we could get a joseph Farr's moment specifically yeah um, is it takes two up for anything oh that's a is good it? question i think so i, I think i would is. want it to win if for no other reason than to hear that acceptance speech <laughs> it's up for like, uh, game of the year i think oh really yeah Ooh. yeah, yeah. I think uh, it's I don't think it would win game of the year, but that would be yeah. incredible. Oh my god. <laughs> and that last voice you heard is Mark Delaney, our new uh guides editor at GameSpot, already putting in the work, already keeping uh us afloat, already uh, you know, you're 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 paying my my bills, uh as far as I'm concerned, with Basically. all the hard work you've been putting in, dude. Uh how's it going? <laughs> Uh, it's going very well. I I, sh- I wanted to add, Jess, you brought up the movie theater problem of the employees saying enjoy, uh, or when someone's going to see their movie and they tell the employee to enjoy their movie too. I used to work at a theater, and I can I can say that is a real thing that happens oh, once no. or once or twice every shift oh. back in the day. Oh no, trust me, I know. I'm the person <laughs> on the other side of that. <laughs> I, I've I've done that at security, like uh, at airports when I'm getting mm-hmm. on the plane. They're like, "Enjoy your flight," and I'm like, "You too," and I'm like, "Oh my god, fucking kill me!" No. <laughs> I just I love this as oh, our introduction, though, Mark, as you being like, "Oh yeah, those dumbasses do exist." I'm like, "Yes, I am those dumbasses." <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Well, since we have two new people, that means we have to do our Jackson from Nairobi, Kenya segment, which, uh, at, boy, at this point to explain that whole thing is just a, uh, would take too long. But essentially, this is our segment where um, you guys will get to explain yourselves who you are uh, to our audience who wants to kind of know a little bit more about you. So uh, just tell us a little bit about yourselves, what kind of uh, games you like. And uh, yeah, why don't we start with Jess? Hi, my name is Jess Howard. I am GameSpot's newest editor, which is super exciting. And before that, I was working, I was doing a lot of freelance writing um, and contract work. I actually did do some news writing for GameSpot. So if you're like, I feel like I recognize her name from somewhere before, probably a news piece or GameSpot After Dark, because I have done this one other time. Um, oh, yeah, that's true. I You've also... already been here. You don't need to do this segment. <laughs> I was yeah, wondering. But now she's I was here like... as an editor. You know what? Let's <laughs> keep going. Yes. It's, it's, a, it's a new. You get a, you get a second one. Um, I formerly worked at Uppercut Crit, which is like this cool little indie uh, games outlet. We look at, or I say, I say we, but I'm not part of that we anymore. But um, no, we used to look at like. I don't know, games through a diverse lens is kind of what we did over there. And uh, yeah, just a lot of freelancing. Uh, Collider, Paste, um, Uproxx, 
little little bit all over the place. And then as far as what games I like, hmm, that's a big question. I'll say that I really like RPGs, um, JRPGs. I also really like The Legend of Zelda and any game that's kind of similar in style to that. I just beat Death's Door, which I'll talk about on here a little bit later, which kind of reminds me as far as like Zelda akin things go. And uh, that game slaps. Legend of Zelda is always such a weird thing for people to say that they <laughs> like because a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I like Legend of Zelda. But a lot of people only like like two or three yeah. specific games in the Legend <laughs> of Zelda franchise. Like, I don't know, actually know anyone except for Evan Langer, who's like, oh, yes, every single Zelda <laughs> game is good. Every single one. There's not a single bad one. (laughs) It's kind of like saying, like, I like movies or I like music. It's like, okay, but what does that mean? Because, like, there's a lot. (laughs) So, but actually, um, I I do like pretty much every Zelda game. I can't think of a single one that I don't like. And I've played probably 10. So... I think think it's pretty safe to say that uh, I'm a sucker for that series, actually. As long as Twilight Princess is your number like one, that's all that matters, really. It abs- it it is. It actually is. I love that game. Good. Good. <laughs> well, fantastic. Uh, and Mark, how about yourself? Uh, what 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 uh, what can you tell us about yourself and what kind of games do you like? Yeah, sure. Uh, so, like Jess, I was most recently freelancing a lot. Um, I was an editor at a at a at a small a much smaller site than Gamespot is most video game sites are much smaller than GameSpot. Um, and I was an editor there for a while. Uh, I went freelance a couple of years ago. And since then, I've just worked tirelessly, uh, to be honest, to hopefully get to a spot like this. Um, and uh, I think Sea of Thieves and Fortnite, two games I love, actually kind of helped me get here too because I started covering those beats pretty regularly. And uh, it taught me how to like cover a live service game that's like constantly evolving and especially in the case of Fortnite, which is like every day there's something new almost um see if these not as hectic but between those two games that i adore uh yeah i was able to to wiggle my way in the uh, in the doorway here at GameSpot. and now i i join all you <laughs> fine folks <laughs> but before that i was uh you know i covered mobile extensively for games radar for two years um i don't know i, I was everywhere I went everywhere and did whatever people would let me do just, you know, cause that's what you kind of do as a freelancer. I'm sure Jess knows. And, and maybe you guys know too, if you did that previously, but it's, it's, uh, it's hectic in the pursuit of, of this really. So here I am. <laughs> it's not as glamorous as TV and like movies make it out to be freelancing. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. absolutely not. <laughs> One I, of my I, favorite, uh, pieces that i've read recently i don't even remember who wrote it but i think it was it's actually uppercut we published it but it was like uh the sims i guess has this career path now where you can be a freelancer and you're a freelance writer and like the whole article was like i tried to survive in the sims as a freelancer and it was horrible and it was oh, so no. funny and i was like you know oh, it's, it's really so good game. though no that that is that's really <laughs> smart game design <laughs> working yeah. like 18 hour days and there's no time to pee and <laughs> basically it's like i think at one point he was like yeah my character was like starving and, like, oh, and i was like God. yeah i've been there right <laughs> just kind of like forget to, to do anything years. else for 10 hours straight it feels like some weird like subtle like calling for help within the game like oh you could be a game developer but you're like on contract and you you know have to work like overtime <laughs> and you get like oh you have to do crunch now and you're like geez the the this 
Sims game really makes game development seem oh, what's, awful. What's, what's going on over at uh, EA? Hmm. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of, why don't we talk about what we've been playing? Uh, it is Halo week. Halo's out. Uh, however, Jordan, I imagine the last thing you want to do, even though you haven't, is talk about Halo uh, on this. On it's this so podcast. weird. It's like, yes, Halo is out today. And I'm like, is it really out today? Because in my in my mind's eye, it has been out for a very <laughs> long time. <laughs> Jordan, you've had that game for quite a while, and you you posted your review. What was it last week? I believe, or no, uh, Monday. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so it was yeah. Monday. So people can go out and, and check that out. They can go read on GameSpot and go check out the video review, which was done by um, David Amati, which is excellent. It's it seems like it's pretty good game, Jordan. It is pretty good. Uh, any game that is like, let's make another one of our boring uh, white male protagonists into a daddy figure is always a excellent and a good time. <laughs> um, but but yeah, like it's 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 sometimes so hard for me to come up with words now to describe how much I enjoy Halo, just because I have written so many articles and scripts for videos now for it just saying how good it is in different ways and i'm like i i've i've got no words left <laughs> i've like how many how many different ways can i say like shooting good like <laughs> shooting feel real good <laughs> like it yeah. when the the gun goes pew pew exactly <laughs> it does it in 4k now and it's pretty nice that's um, wonderful. Mark, you've also been playing a little bit of Halo, um, and I know you kind of have like a different perspective on the series. How's how's uh, how's Halo been treating you? Yeah, I, I think uh, you know I, I played actually every Halo for the first time a couple of years ago. I think right at the start of the pandemic, my wife and I just like ran through them as something to do when everybody was indoors. Uh, although, admittedly, we just kind of like being indoors anyway, so that maybe that wasn't too different hey. for us. But that's an aside. Uh, and admittedly, we did skip the cutscenes through through that original run, but with with Infinite, I, I followed the story. I know so there's a few people on staff who didn't like when I said that. I, sh- I should have kept oh, it to my myself. heart. <laughs> well, yeah. At the time, she just wanted to just play them, and I didn't really care one way or the other. It's not usually something I do, but in that case, I was like, "That's fine. We can just skip it." I don't. I like sci-fi, but not like spacey stuff like that. So I was fine with it. Mm. But all that aside. Um, I, I like Infinite better than any of those, and I think it's because of the open world stuff that they that mm. you know that that Ubisofty and Filter they they pour Halo through for for Infinite. Um, some of it's real familiar, um, but just like when I recently played Dying Light two for a preview event, I feel like even though we've seen some of those you know the map icons and the doesn't really exactly have towers, but you know how it works. You take over a base, suddenly there's 12 different things in that region you can go mm-hmm. and do. And we've all done that too many times to, to count. And I think in Assassin's Creed and Far Cry, that can get old by now because we've done it 12 times for those specific games. But for something like Dying Light 2, uh, or in this case, Halo, I feel like it's weirdly refreshing just because we haven't been able to do it with Master Chief yet, I guess. I, I don't know. It, it, it's probably a, a simple point of view, but I just I was like, I know exactly what these things mean on the map and I've done them before, but now I get to do them with a warthog. So it's awesome again, I guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like because a, f- a few franchises have like made this leap now, right? Like you could argue Gears 5, like even 
kind of in some ways 2018's God of War and even like Metro Exodus are like more people being like, well, if we just funnel the player back into a linear space for the actual story missions, we can do a very small contained open world in our game and try to explore new gameplay. And I'm like, oh, this is really cool. I don't know who did it first, but they probably will not get credit for doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just what about you? Have you, have you had a chance to check out Halo? Are you interested in checking out Halo at all? I've played the multiplayer a bit, um, but not as much as I'd like to. I've just been super swamped lately, but I haven't started the campaign at all. Um, I'm going to, though. I think that that might be something I do over the holidays because it seems pretty cool. Um, Earlier this year, I finally was like, you know, this is like a glaring gap in my my gamer backlog. So I started up the series and I'm on didn't get very far because I think I'm just like towards the end of two, Um, which I mean, even just from like like one was fun, you know, like I got it. I played it and I was like, oh, and like and as somebody who's played like a decent amount of Destiny. I played it and I was just like, oh, I see all like the little pieces in here and how this like <laughs> how this works. Of Bungie's reign. <laughs> yeah. So it which was like that was really cool from from that sort of perspective. Um and then even just like the, the gap from one to two, like two already just felt really like just better. So I'm really excited to see how that kind of continues. Um and then the multiplayer in Infinite is super, super fun. I also just like admittedly yes. am a sucker for like any game that I can pick up and I'm not bad at. <laughs> and I picked up the, <laughs> yeah. the multiplayer and I was like, okay, I went like 10 and 5, which isn't great, but like considering I've never it's played positive. Halo multiplayer before. Like, yeah, that's positive. I'm fine yeah. with that. That's a 2.0. Like that's that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I should uh, mention C's, one. Oh, I'm sorry. Sees good degrees. But yeah, no, I, I really like it though. It's it's a lot of fun. I think Jordan, you probably had the same issue that I did, which is our review build. You know, for me, it was more of like a guides build, I guess, because I wasn't doing the review. But uh, basically, our early access build usually, if people don't know, usually that comes in just the form of a code that plays the game ahead of time, um, which is all well and good. But in the case of Halo, and this is pretty rare, I think it only ever happened with me before for Flight Sim, which was earlier this year. So hopefully Microsoft isn't making a habit out of it. Oh, I think that's exactly what they're doing, Mark. I know what you're about to say, and I'm pretty sure that's what they're doing. (laughs) Yeah, so they, we basically had like, I don't know, like a week or 10 days or something early access to the game in full, but two days before... And I think it was in line with the embargo. Like right when right when reviews went up, anybody with the review build lost access to everything. Oh like your gosh. save your save doesn't carry over. So I did, you know, I did like ten, maybe even eleven guides for it already. Um, but now anything else I want to do, like oh this thing just cropped up and it's trending, so okay, I have to go grab screens. It's like well that's an hour nine and. I'm back at zero. So that, I mean, that, you know, that's a privileged complaint because it's like, well, we got early access. People would kill for that. So I, I understand that I, sh- I shouldn't be uh, too annoying with it, but like, oh, please don't make this a trend where we basically now I have to play this whole 25 hour game twice to, to do everything that I might need to do for work. Well, it's weird because it also like, I think we can all sort of agree because I think we've all touched on them in like some capacities. Usually when you review a game for embargo, you have to do it under a certain time limit that you normally would not play 
said game under that time constraint. It's usually much smaller than what you normally want or need. With this whole thing where it's like, oh, the build basically just goes away like at a certain point. So it's not like, oh, you can start on it. And if you miss the embargo, you could still keep playing and then just publish your review late. It's no, no. Like if you miss the cutoff point, you'll have to just then wait a few days until the game comes out and then start the game over again in order to finish it (laughs) to do the review. So not only do you have like a short period of time to play it, like you can't artificially expand it yourself if you just go to your editor and be like hey more time please i need a few more days I really that, like, that didn't happen to somebody that would break my heart if some well, poor reviewer didn't know that and then oh and i remember seeing people talk about this online too on twitter and you know the comments that i saw were like oh well like it was such a good game i don't mind restarting it but i was like but what if it wasn't like that was the best thing. It's like, <laughs> like there's no that way Xbox hits 100% for the next like five years. Like at yeah. some point, one of their first party games is not going to be very good. Well, and also, what if it's like this big, chunky narrative game too? Because like I, when I God think of Starfield. the worst, <laughs> yeah. oh, when I no. think of like the the hardest games that I've had to review, I remember when I got a code for Persona Five Royal, and I'm like, oh man, if that had happened to me, because like we only got it what like a week or so before which like seems adequate until you realize that it's adding 30 hours to a 70 hour game Mm -hmm. um but like i can't imagine sinking all of that time into a game for a week straight trying to get to the new content so i can actually write something about it um and then and then you just lose everything this happened to Jay Decker a few years ago with uh, Assassin's Creed Origins, where it's a it's a slightly different situation, but they had like a re- preview, like a review event, where he mm-hmm. went and played it, and they're like, "Yep, like here it is. You're gonna play it. It's gonna be like nice." Put like thirty hours into it over like a multiple day thing, and then didn't get to carry any of that over. Had to completely start fresh, and he's like, "Absolutely not." I'm never playing this game again. I am not doing even for good games. It's really Assassin's hard Creed to play that much game again. again. Like well, no way. Like, I will admit too. Like modern gamers, we're spoiled. You know, like we have autosave and stuff like that now. You know, it's not like in the in the late '90s where like if you were playing a JRPG and you didn't save and you died, you're like, oh my god, I have to redo four hours of stuff. I'm not going back to this. <laughs> so it's like I don't know. Like the the idea of having to retread like. 10 20 hours of content to like keep doing my job that's rough (laughs) little baby jordan has so many memories of messing up like trying to catch like zapdos in pokemon red and being like oh i accidentally made it faint oh it's fine i can just turn it off and start over again and then realizing oh shit i saved like (laughs) four hours ago and i never saved again so it's like do i really want zapdos or (laughs) do i just keep going these were the big choices as a kid (laughs) (laughs) that happened to me so many times with pokemon in particular i think what it was is i would like fall asleep with the game still on and then the battery would die and then i realized like i hadn't saved that entire day and i lost people who complain that pokemon has autosave now i'm like no, you're wrong. you're this wrong. This is only an improvement. Like <laughs> <laughs> We should say though, Microsoft uh so in my experience, maybe yours is different, Jordan, but in my experience mm-hmm. 
because Microsoft's actually had, you know, they're finally getting their, their you said we can swear in this, so I'll say getting their shit together. Um, <laughs> and, you know, they put out a bunch of first party stuff this year, but for like Psychonauts and even Age of Empires, like those are just straight up codes. So I, I think it's still too early to know if this is like what they're doing now. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, yeah, I really hope not. Because not only was it like everything goes away, but it's not even like an immediate reset, you know, because there was still two days bef- between when it, when that save disappeared and when we could resume playing with the rest of the world, which was this morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, it would almost, you know, it would almost be tolerable if, okay, well it went away. I got what I could. And now I've got two more days to cram it again, I guess, and then still be ahead of embargo. But there was just that like 48 yeah. hours where I just had to sit there like with my hands on my lap, just waiting to play it again and get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although I'll say the one other thing of, that kind of makes it weird with this Halo is there is no chapter select apparently in this Halo at all, which is seems really weird for a Halo game. I'm like, I can't just go back and do like a mission. Like you can always do that. It's, it's like, I mean, I guess you guys would because I haven't had a chance to play it yet. Like, is it is that a consequence of the open world where it's just like a chapter select doesn't work in the game? I mean, they said they're adding it later, so I guess it theoretically. Yeah, I, I assume they'll add it and it will look like what it does in every previous Halo. But it's it's just one of those things that when you like look at the menu, it's like, do you want to do a new new game or do you want to load one of your previous saves and just resume from wherever you saved and you have four different uh save slots so you can have up to four different games at once so if you want to do a easy normal heroic and legendary run like there you go um but yeah it's it's one of those weird things that you kind of look at that and you look at the fact of like the online multiplayer not launching with a bunch of different playlists and you look at like a bunch of and forge mode not being there and co-op not being in the campaign and you're like what did this game look like when they planned to release it one year year ago? ago? Because (laughs) I can guarantee you, like if this is the state, what the game is right now, I'm like, so it, what it was going to be cyberpunk all over again. That's what you're telling us. Like if you had released this last year, it would have been cyberpunk 2077 all over again, where people would have played it and been like, this doesn't work. None of this works. Like (laughs) sometimes I think the developers put that stuff out there because, you know, they're on a schedule and it's in its publisher influence schedule, but they know what the reaction is going to be. So they're just, they, they, they're, I feel like there's got to be some like confidence and like some, some like a relaxing effect of putting it out there, knowing it's not ready and then letting the masses tell your publisher <laughs> for you, you know, it's right. like we, they're not listening to us. So let's just release this demo. They'll let's send Twitter after. Them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear that's what like community managers do sometimes. It's like, you know, we're listening to you, keep giving us your feedback. And they just like compile it all and drop it in the laps of the people who aren't listening. So I wonder if that's what happens in those cases with some of these bigger games. It's like, listen, they say they want it out Q4. It's not going to be ready till next year, Q3. So Twitter, let them know how it is. And it's like, yeah, this has to be delayed. I, <laughs> God, yeah. I, I am endlessly fascinated with the behind the scenes of Halo Infinite. Like, I'm just... I really look forward to the eventual uh, articles to come out in like the months and years, just finding out like all the like, because I mean, they've been working on that game for six years. So you got to imagine like the version of Halo Incident we're playing has probably been like rebooted, you know, once, if not multiple times. I'm just Mm -hmm. fascinated. I would love to know more about that. 
Um, but moving on, uh, Jordan, what else have you been checking out this week? Uh, in Because I kind of burnt out a little bit on Halo for the past uh, couple of days, I have been primarily focusing on Apex Legends, which mm. is my first love when it comes to shooters. Um, uh, I'll, I'll go back to Halo at some point, but Apex Legends is kind of like where I want to be. I love my respawn boys and girls. And it's it's been good in the sense where I'm like, oh, I finally get to like really focus on exploring this new map and using this new character, Ash. And this is all cool. And I've seen Ty uh, <laughs> write a bunch of articles <laughs> about this that I see on Twitter. And I'm like, ah, yes, Ty has good opinions. They 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 do all of the things that I've been reading over the past few weeks are correct and <laughs> should be 100% believed. Um, it's brought me back into the very dangerous uh, place of a new event just started in Apex, and they added an heirloom for Watson. And for those who don't know, all an heirloom is, it's like a cosmetic weapon that a character can hold in their hand and it comes with a new intro pose and a new quip that the character can say uh when they intro as the champion it's like not much it's purely cosmetic does not add any gameplay ramifications at all you have a like one in 500 chance of getting it in a loot box drop or when it gets added in a collection event like this watson one is you can pay like 200 something dollars to just unlock oh it right there now it's actually a bit more i think it's like 220 what? Wait, it's, wait it still has loot boxes yeah it's so it's one of those things when they add a new heirloom to apex legends it's part of a collection event where if you unlock all 24 items in the collection event you can get the heirloom for free if you do not get the heirloom during that collection event when it ends the heirloom gets thrown into the loot box uh, thing, and you have a 1 in 500 chance of earning the currency that you use to buy heirlooms. And it was one of those things that I like looked at the Watson heirloom, and I was like, I don't play Watson. I haven't mained Watson <laughs> since season <laughs> 3, and we're on season 11. And I'm like... And I looked at the heirloom, like, and it's not even all that good. I don't really want it. And then I looked at the intro quip and pose that she has. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, that's the cutest <laughs> fucking thing I've ever seen in my <laughs> no. life. <Darn> and, no. <laughs> and so I went to Slack in hope of allies. And I talked to James Carr. He freelances for GameSpot. And he kind of, uh, he does a lot to help me on the Apex beat. And I was telling him, I'm like, man, I really don't want the heirloom. But man, if that pose for watson isn't the cutest fucking thing i've ever seen and he just immediately messages me back and he's like oh i bought it and i'm like james no, no. i came to you for support to make sure that i wouldn't buy it. and he's like it is really good jordan i'm like damn I'm, I'm being encouraged to spend 200 plus dollars on this thing that i will look at once and be like huh this is really cool and like never look at again so that's where i'm at right now i haven't bought it okay i i do i do have some of the things in the collection event um i have dropped 
uh, $45, I think, on oh. the event so far. Never uh, do the math. Never do the math. I play enough oh, Fortnite to know you should not do the math. It's it's too late for me, Mark. <laughs> I have spent, if not hundreds, possibly like thousands of dollars on Apex Legends. Wow. Like, I am one of those people that respawn is like, oh, we have Jordan by the fucking balls. Like, <laughs> we can nickel and dime this fool for everything. That he like, has. when they put together, like, the charts of, like, the different types of players, like, there's just a category with your face on it. <laughs> and they're like, this guy, we need more of him. <laughs> there is, though. Um, my, my Fortnite locker has, uh, like the the lockers where you set your presets, I think they they increased it recently to where you can have a hundred presets, and then I'm up to sixty four. And I would say mm-hmm. probably a little more than half of those were like individual purchases, you know, because the battle pass comes with eight characters, and mm-hmm. usually from that, like four or five will become like favorites of mine, and I'll make them presets. But even you know, if even thirty of those were purchased individually, and they're like fifteen, twelve to twenty dollars each, like I like. Someone listening will probably do the math and don't tell me what it is. I'm not doing it in my head and I don't want to know because you will be blocked. Yeah. (laughs) If you put the answer to how much money we've spent on games in the GameSpot Discord, you will be blocked immediately. Honestly, honestly, it's toxic. Don't be toxic. <laughs> um, I think the only game that really got me like that was back when I was obsessed with Overwatch. Like, I remember the first Halloween event. Um, I was trying to buy, I think, the $20 worth of loot boxes. And, you know, I was just eager. So I think I accidentally hit it like three times in a row and dropped $60 <laughs> on Halloween loot boxes. And I just remember, like, my husband, or I guess he was my boyfriend at the time, like, walked in and he was just like, did you did you mean to do that? And I was like, no, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's so it's hard when like a game has so many hot boys and girls, and then the game <gasps> adds on to that with a bunch of really cute or sexy or like scary outfits. And I'm like, oh, this is like feeding the part of my brain that likes dressing up characters and making the prettiest like dark soul character the prettiest like shepherd face in mass effect and i'm like and they're just like dialing in on that and just then charging me for it and i'm falling for it repeatedly yeah i i mean the 60 dollars in in overwatch halloween costume i was like if i don't get sexy witch mercy i'm i'm dying like (laughs) I, i need to see i need to see the nurse be a sexy witch yeah, see, Apex does something like even a bit more diabolical where it's like, okay, here's the 24 items. You can pay like $8 for an Apex pack, and then you have like a 1 in 24 chance of getting one of these things. Or you can pay $10 for the specific thing that you want. So you can pay a little bit more oh, knowing that you're going to get the thing that you want. And I'm like... Oh, that's fine. Just that checks out. Me. Yeah. The map, the map on that is upsetting me. Like it's ridiculous. Like I can't. I just. I can't. I can't. Uh, I, I even games that I get that I would do that. Like a, like a like a Destiny is probably the closest I have. Mm-hmm. Like I, there's still that part of my brain right now that just stops me before I go too far. Like I'll, I think the the biggest thing I've gotten recently in Destiny Two is I bought. Like you said, it's anytime something's really cute or adorable, like there was like a little cat dance you could get in Destiny 2. And I was like, well, I need the cat dance. 
I'm going to get the cat dance, but um, I've never gone like, I'll just drop $50 on a game. Like, it'll happen one day. I know it will, but. Oh, as soon as 343 figures out how to do it for Spartans. Like, I mean, there are cat soon... ears in that game. They just can't get them yet. I, I will mm-hmm. buy that in the store probably. They, they will get me with the cat ears. That is, that is a fact. Like, my wife and I play Fortnite every day. You know, we, we, we're the type of players that will hop in and get our dailies. Maybe play more, but at least do that. Just to, uh, you know, I, I told someone on staff recently, it's like it's like just eating dinner. You know, it's just like part of my day, just getting my dailies in Fortnite. But she was driving me crazy the last, like, two seasons. She <laughs> she would, like, buy levels. She'd buy the bot- We'd both buy the Battle Pass, but then she would buy levels. And it's like, we spam this game. You're going to get this stuff in a matter of weeks. Why are you buying it now? Like, please. And then we get to just the end hit. of the season. And I just need level a hit of seeing your number go up. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. She finished this last season, like, level, like, 308 you know 100 is where most of the rewards stop there's a few bonus ones after that for like the real sweaty players and we get them every time naturally just through playing it it's like you didn't have to spend an additional 80 dollars on these things you're gonna get in six weeks (laughs) Uh, man games just fighting for everyone's time now halo's jumping into that fray oh yeah yeah i'll be be very curious to see how halo holds up um because i'm i mean I don't want to get into it, but that battle pass is a hot button issue with the community right now. Uh, oh, really? What? The Halo uh, community's upset? What? <laughs> that's weird. Yeah. But I've also been playing single player games you like have. Chorus, which is spelled like Corves, because they're like, you know what's really cool in sci fi? Using V's for U's. Um, I didn't even know that game was coming out. I had no idea. Yeah, it's a it's a shame because it's it's actually quite good. It's um, it's oh, it's like one of those I call them like double A games, like uh, a Plague Tale or uh, something like uh, I guess Kena, even though uh, PlayStation w- wanted to charge out of the ass for that, so it doesn't really count. But like a game, so it's not the traditional sixty dollars; it's only forty, and it's a shorter more contained experience but it has that almost triple a uh quality to it and this uh and you 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 can kind of tell because like the model for um uh nira i think her name is the protagonist like she's really pretty uh she has like all this detail like she has like these tattoos around her eyes and like this uh really nice uh like uh blonde uh short cut and every other character in the game is basically like a 2d image that on like a face call who like contacts her and it's like oh so you had like budget to make like one character really cool right and you made sure that you put that budget to good use to make sure the protagonist looked really cool and then you have like nothing else for any of the other characters but you're playing as this woman who like basically (laughs) was like the worse like darth vader of like her universe like she had all these like really cool space witch powers and stuff like that and she was a part of a cult that originally had very good intentions i don't think that's possible i'm not really sure if a cult can originally have good (laughs) intentions but that's neither here or there there the leader kind of became a baddie and ordered her to destroy a planet she destroyed the planet and then was like yeah, that doesn't feel good. I just killed billions (laughs) upon billions of people. And so she kind of like goes to the furthest corners of the galaxy in order to hide 
only for then the cult to expand over the course of many years to the point where eventually it reaches like the outermost settlement that she's at. And she's like, oh, there's nowhere else to run. I guess I have to fight, but I need my best friend for that. And she goes back to the ship that she used to pilot while she was a part of the cult. And the ship is sentient, like it's a... uh living thinking uh spaceship that like talks to her and he's been and he's real pissed because she's left him locked up for like seven to ten years after like promising him that she's like i'll be right back as soon as i like find some food and stuff like that and so it's this game where like he only agrees to help her because he is like super murderous and he's like I don't really care who we kill, whether it's the cult or like just random people. So I'm only helping you with that. But he also has other motivations. This game about this woman space witch learning how to connect to her powers and learning how to connect like with this person, the spaceship that she abandoned while also fighting this uh, cult and slowly leading like the rebellion in the galaxy. And it's this open world space ship shooter uh their side missions uh it's really good like the controls are like phenomenal um and it's it's just one of those things that i think is just gonna like just go under the radar just because it decided december 3rd is a good release date and it's not like there's anything else (laughs) like in the first week of december that we would have to compete with if we released at this time um, I'm really enjoying it. I'm only, I want to say, four or five-ish hours mm. into it. And I th- think other people have said it's like a 15 to 20-hour campaign. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, it's good. If you it ever was... have like time at the end of the year, check it out. Conceptually, it that sounds... Sorry, oh. that's my third time doing that. Go ahead. Just... <laughs> oh, no, I was just say, conceptually, it sounds really cool. Like, I didn't know much about the plot. I had only seen gameplay yeah. of it. And like, that's... It's a pretty solid plot. You know, I was worried that I feel like we just have so many sci-fi type games coming out, have come out. And so like in in my it was kind of like Returnal with me where I was like, eh, it seems kind of neat, but I have a million things to play. So like probably not. Um, but that sounds kind of unique and cool. So I liked hearing a bit more about it. Thank you. you can drift in space in your spaceship which is like the weirdest thing to say but like (laughs) you totally can like fly forward really fast and then like disengage your jets and like the game teaches you how to drift so like you can go flying past an enemy and then like turn to drift and as you're continuing to like go away from the enemy you can shoot them in the back and some of her powers are like oh she can sense enemies through walls or teleport uh behind enemies to quickly destroy them uh or temporarily take control of an enemy and have them like crash into their ally which seems like it would be really cheap but the game is stupidly hard so uh-huh. like you have to kind of use these powers to, like even the playing field so you can drift can i get like some cool like neon lights for under my ship and some cool racing gloves and I I wish I wish that you could. The customization in the game is kind of subpar. It's again one of those things that's like, oh, you have a machine gun, a laser cannon, and uh missiles, and there's like small like cosmetic and like mechanical adjustments you can do to them. But like you you're clearly a very small studio. Like this is you trying to make a triple A game and just being like, wow. 
I didn't realize how much money something like this would require and kind of like settling for something that's a bit smaller in scope. It's still really good. Like it's something that's like a plague tale where you're like, wow, this is amazing. Oh, like triple a studio version of this would be incredible. But this is still like really good, like on its own merits. Who did make it anyway? Because it kind of came out of nowhere. I remember it was shown at Microsoft's something or other i think they're their very first like their may 2020 yeah i know deep silver is the publisher for it but if i turn I didn't to want the to put almighty god audio, google so <laughs> it's developed by fish labs okay yeah okay. i don't know them by name yeah hmm. and published by deep silver that seems cool i i might have to check that out Whenever. Yeah, you kind of sold me on it yeah, for a yeah. game with <laughs> apparently no marketing budget. I've seen a few targeted ads on Twitter, and usually when I see a targeted ad on Twitter, I tell myself, I'm either going to follow this or block it now so I never see it again. <laughs> so I have like yeah. thousands and thousands of accounts blocked because I just don't want to see their ads unless yeah. they're relevant to me. Um, and that one, I've just it's been in limbo for a couple of days now. I keep seeing yeah. it. It shows the same. It must be like the villain or something. And uh yeah. I, I just I wish, the vi- I wish there was a vinyl <laughs> record of it because the soundtrack of it is probably the best part in of the game. Um I can't oh, fuck, it's gonna annoy me. The composer for this game is actually notable. Like they have done something before. Fuck. What is, is, it, is it? Is a game awards uh contender worthy? Uh chorus? Yeah, for for, for, for soundtrack. Oh, for soundtrack making, on soundtrack, yes. Out. Like the soundtrack, <laughs> the soundtrack should have been, I think, uh, in like uh, best musical scores. Like it was one of those things that, like, I opened the game and like, okay, let's see what this is about. And like the title screen music started playing. I'm like, yo, yo, <laughs> this is really good. And I just like sat on the title screen for like a solid two or three minutes before even starting the game. And I'm like. <laughs> I don't see it on Spotify, although I I have to admit, I just went to look it up on Spotify and just with competing stimuli here with the show going on everything, I typed into the Spotify search bar the word Spotify at first, so I had to delete that, and then um, chorus isn't there either. All the time. So I looked it up. It is a Portuguese composer, Pedro, I'm, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, Camacho? And I guess he did the music for World of Warcraft, Shadowlands, Wolfenstein 2. Ooh, um, okay. Right, Wolfenstein 2. That's what he yeah. did. Thank you. Yes. He's got a good soundtrack. <laughs> that's, ooh, ooh, yeah. Yeah, done a, done a few things. Nothing like crazy. I feel like Wolfenstein's probably the, the big one. Mm-hmm. Also working on Star Citizen right now. And forever. <laughs> and forever. Yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> I, about to say, I look forward he to won't ever music, stop. Uh, in 50 years from now, when that game finally comes out, <laughs> if ever. Uh, Jordan, is there anything else you've been, you've been checking out? Oh, yeah. Like, uh, really quick, we don't really have to touch on it too much. I've been watching Hawkeye, which at this point, it almost kind of feels like engaging with the MCU is like doing homework, where it's like, look, if you don't keep up with every single aspect of it. Eventually something's going to come around and a pop quiz and you're just not going to be ready for it. And Hawkeye is fine. It's just fine. It's not like, Oh, you definitely have to see Hawkeye. It's just like, did you like Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye in like age of Ultron? (laughs) 
Would you like to see that for like six hours of content? Not particularly. Probably not. not. <laughs> no. But like, <laughs> if you want to be updated on everything in the MCU, then you're going to have to watch Hawkeye. And so here I am. I'm <laughs> just waiting for the Jeremy Renner app to come back and then I'll just log in and catch up there. <laughs> I was I was gonna ask how how's the holiday stuff in it because that was the one thing in the trailer that I was like oh it takes place during like Christmas and it's like a lighthearted MCU Christmas show and like I don't know like I just I'm one of those people that like just kind of like I'll get into the holiday spirit and I'm like oh it's Christmas time I'll put on a thing that's Christmas adjacent in some way does it capitalize on that in an interesting way uh not. Especially, I think the most, like, Christmassy thing that's happened recently, because episode four just uh, came out as of this recording, is that someone was saved from falling from a great height by some, like, Christmas lights that were going over uh, between, uh, over an opening, um, which doesn't seem feasibly possible. I've worked (laughs) with Christmas lights, and I don't believe for a second (laughs) that they would catch a human body, but that's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's what it is. Um, I mean, the whole like Christmas like shenanigan thing about it is the fact that like this is uh, Hawkeye's Clint's like first Christmas since the snap happened uh, that he gets to spend with his family and like the family like doesn't really know any better. Like they snapped and then came back and like five years passed, but they're like oh yeah it's just another christmas and he's promised them that he's going to be home in time for christmas right and more and more problems just keep popping up and he keeps being like i just need one more day i'll be there five (laughs) days before christmas four days before and now he's at like three days before and i'm like "Uh, what a we all know he's going to make it. Yeah, that's, that's, say, that's how the show it. ends. <laughs> is he makes it for Christmas. He's gonna like, get the Turbo Man doll. It's gonna be fine, everyone. Like, <laughs> he'll be a good dad at the end. I uh, love too. So like, cons- like that's very funny to me actually because like I didn't really know like the the plot behind that. You would think after five years alone without your family and this being such a big deal to you, you would just be like. I'm gonna retire. <laughs> like, and you would just be at home. But this man is out here, like, prolonging his, I don't know, whatever he's doing. And his, the wife and kids are at home. I don't know. That's, that's very funny to me, actually. <laughs> Disney Plus it's, needs content, all right? These, these guys don't get to take a day off. Honestly, yes. They're like, look, Hawkeye will keep going. And it, I think it's like finale airs, like, right before uh, the new Spider Man movie, like, hits theaters. So like, oh yeah, remember MCU? You excited about this? Yeah, watch a show with us every week. And then uh, when it's done, check out Spider-Man. And then come back in 2022 for a brand new (laughs) slate of more superhero (laughs) stuff. This will never end until the cow is super dead. (laughs) We're going to milk this thing for everything it has. But yeah, that's what I've been up to. Fantastic. Someone else talk. I've been talking for way too much. I was gonna kick it over to Mark. Mark, tell me about Fortnite. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> let me be, before I do because I, I you asked which games I was playing, what I might want to talk about, and I did write Fortnite, but I wanted to give you the option of pivoting 
So I can either tell you why Fortnite is cooler than you might think, or I can tell you why the Guardians of the Galaxy game is is actually not that great. Where do you want me to go with this? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Well, That's spicy. I, mean, I, I don't agree with either of these. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree with you on the Guardians thing. That's I gotta be honest, that game didn't really do much for me. Um but you know what? Maybe maybe Fortnite, because I feel like we don't talk about Fortnite actually all that often here on the podcast. And I am I am curious about Fortnite because I really don't pay attention to it that much. I just will like turn on Twitter and I'll be like, oh, Spider-Man's in it and he's got a gun. That's weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's cool, shooting Batman. I guess. Naruto's in this one. Um, sick. <laughs> Awesome. So the weird, the weird thing about all of those crossovers is, on on one level, it it is obviously just like brand. What do they call it? Brand synergy to sound like I'm in like a boardroom or something. Right. Uh, <laughs> but they work them into the canon. Um, and this is kind of this was kind of my main point with Fortnite is that the story is becoming more and more important, and it's it's kind of taken center stage over the past almost like since I joined Gamespot freelancing covering Fortnite in like March or so. Um, you know, there's there's been story throughout, but like this year especially, it's it's being pushed into like the forefront almost almost like on an upward trajectory like season by season. Um, season eight wasn't as big as seven but like now it's it's back and like so the rocks in it um and he he plays like probably the one of the top three most important characters in it um it would be it would be a lot to explain what the hell actually is going on in, in that but uh one thing that i plan on writing on site and anybody listening, don't please don't steal this and write it before me. Um, <laughs> is how don't worry, much... this comes out on Friday. You've got two days. Okay, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I actually might write it before then, so maybe we'll be good. But we'll see. Game more words might get in the way. But uh, the Fortnite like background story is very much, and I, and I think deliberately so on, on some level, is it, very much like the TV show Lost, if you ever watched Lost. Did anybody obsess over that show? No, she bet Lucy's not here because I, I know that's her jam. But oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So Fortnite takes place on an island, and Lost does, but it's much deeper than that. But the there's a thing. I don't want to spoil Lost now at this point, but <laughs> a show that aired in 2004 originally. So maybe <laughs> maybe we're past the statute of limitations, and I can talk about it openly. But it's I don't know. It's just Fortnite is doing the mystery box thing for me in a way that no show has since Lost. And mm. on top of that, a lot of it is a lot like Lost. Like there's an there's a very mysterious group that exists uh, on the Fortnite island called the Imagined Order. They're kind of they seem to be the bad guys, but I wonder if that's going to be flipped eventually. There's like a a group of meta humans called the Seven, which. Um, Gabe told me is actually also the name of like a different group of superheroes from the boys on Amazon. So that, that, that's a weird uh, coincidence there, I I would hope, but, (laughs) but I don't know. It's just, they've got all these moving parts and it can be kind of tropey at times with like hero's journey type stuff. And, but I don't know, there's just something working for me where they constantly dangle out answers to mysteries that they asked like way back in like 2017 2018 and occasionally they give us those answers but when they do they come with more questions and it's just like i haven't like cared about any like i don't really watch too much tv and i don't i don't watch too many movies i actually don't like the mcu at all so like jordan was speaking to me when he's like yeah you gotta 
catch up on all these and i was like i will never do that but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Fortnite for some reason even though it does a lot of the stuff that the mcu like like pushes me away with like i don't care when the world is at stake i like smaller stakes like human drama i don't if, if the universe is about to collapse i don't really care it's been done too much but like Fortnite in the past couple of years since my son got me into the game and now my wife and i play it like i said we they like smuggled in this like epic story that's a little lost a little like summer blockbuster ariana grande is suddenly here like it's really weird it's it, fucking wild you never know what's going to happen next they they seem to when i first joined i was talking to chris one time uh, one of the other editors and uh I was. I told them I was when we were talking about the lore of Fortnite. I was like, "Oh yeah, they're making it up as they go. It, it, it makes no goddamn sense. They don't. I mean, like, it's fun, but it's 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 totally irrelevant. It's it's. And then like since then, that was in March, and since then I've just realized how wrong I am. And <laughs> it's been it's been so much fun to just like unravel, and I'm writing all these like lore things on on the website now, and it's just like. They're, you know they're not usually the most read things like I, other other work of mine is is more important so i get those things out first and these are kind of like the passion projects that i return to is just talking about Fortnite lore with like the 16 year olds that care but <laughs> that's actually yeah. so cool though because like so i mean as someone who does not play Fortnite, i mean i see ariana grande choking sasuke and i retweet that because that's incredible <laughs> but like i didn't know i don't know it's like you always think of it as being like this like campy um just like you just you just goof around and play right so like i didn't know mm -hmm. that there was anything I, I i wrote a news article on the whole like the the rock is the foundation thing like before it was announced because he like posted something on instagram and like that was what my editor said to write today so i was like cool i'll figure this out so like i looked into it and wrote up you know 400 words on this thing but like that was the most I had delved into any sort of like narrative stuff with Fortnite. So like, it's cool hearing you talk about it and being like, Hmm, there's like some big brain stuff going on, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, so Donald mustard is their like chief creative officer. And I, I I'm always, uh, I'm always a little bit envious of, of this dude because online he just he posts selfie videos and you can tell he's just like loving life, just like writing Fortnite story for he's a living. He's got that Fortnite money. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's got the Fortnite money and he's got like he but he is like the primary lore Bible author for Fortnite. You know, like it seems as though everything moves through him and um yeah, go watch some of his, his videos. Not only do they usually hide things in the background, like Phil Spencer's shelf, and just, we've gotten a lot of teases through like what's coming next for Fortnite, sometimes literally two, three years early, um, just because he like purposely put it in his background during a selfie. But like, I don't know, there's like an energy that this dude has that's like, you kind of, I don't know, he, he's, he's dorky in a way, but like you can't really hate him because it's just like, clearly this guy just like won the lottery. He just gets to write. <laughs> Fortnite story and he's very rich for it and like I can't even like dunk on this guy he's kind of having a blast and I, I respect <laughs> anyone who is completely and harmlessly on their bullshit yeah, yeah. Like, I, like that is that's that's like the meaning of life right is to be like completely on your bullshit as long as it's not hurt anybody it's gotta be like so uh free to just like I am able to write whatever I want because I'm able to also like encouch it within Fortnite and with all these like licensed characters and real people. It's like the it's like the the high paying job version of like getting all of your different Lego sets together and like making your own story with them. Or like, well, I just you know, think perfect of, analogy. 
it, it, was... it's just like that's cool that you got to be like yeah like harry potter showed up and then like naruto was there and then Arya Grande <laughs> showed up and like but then like there's this cool mystery that i wrote underneath it all and you're like okay yeah you know what good for you it just reminds me of like this morning i saw it was like there will never be another scene in video games as good as this and it was like woody telling off like one of the like organization 13 people in kingdom hearts and i'm like it's that's so good like who wants anything more than that like you know it's perfect games i i don't know campy games are fun i appreciate that man does anyone else like i clearly remember 2017 and seeing Fortnite for the first time back when it was a game about building forts at night to fight against zombies oh yeah just being like this game won't survive three months it's out of here it won't be important at all and i'm like damn little baby jordan was an idiot yeah (laughs) or just like like, the first time they started doing crossovers like i think one of the uh early ones they did was like john wick was in the game and i was like oh that's kind of neat and interesting and then like yeah look at them now like they literally have like the biggest properties on the planet which is crazy (laughs) uh yeah it's it's insane um well moving on uh jess uh what have you been playing I've been playing a couple little indie darlings. Um, Ooh, <laughs> that's uh, that's what I've been up to. So first game that I beat was Death Store. I played that last week and I adore that game. It is so incredibly good. Um, it is basically the premise of it is you play as this little crow who is a reaper and your job is to harvest souls and uh, something goes wrong with an assignment you're on and you can no longer progress until you hunt down the soul that you lost and uh, you get wrapped up in kind of kind of a bigger adventure you have to take down three of these I don't know I guess larger souls they're just I, I don't know. They're they're people who have stayed around in the world past when they should have, and because of that, they've accumulated a lot of like this soul energy. And you have to you have to go and you have to take them down. And it's just a fun little little action adventure game, very similar to like a Zelda style, like Link to the Pasty sort of game. Um, and I I love it. I cannot recommend it enough. The soundtrack is amazing. I literally finished the game and then saw that you could purchase the vinyl on Devolver's website and paid $60 to get that. <laughs> um, and it's just like, I I cried at the end. And it wasn't even because, like, there are definitely parts of the game. I mean, the, the whole thing has to do with death, right? So, like, there is, like, this underlying sadness there. But, like, it wasn't even necessarily because the game ends on this, like, super sad note. But I was just like, it was really emotionally moving and kind of like at the end you just it's one of those games that like sticks with you where you finish it and and you're just like man that was a great experience like when and that's how I can tell like when a movie or a book or a game is like really good as I finish it and I'm like I missed that already I'm so (laughs) sad that is over um and so Death Store was amazing did anybody else play it I have I've played a little bit of it. I got to the sec I guess it's the second quote unquote dungeon, the swampy yeah. area. Um and then uh Tam told me that the last boss of the game was really hard and I got scared <laughs> and stopped playing. <laughs> but I enjoyed what I played up to that point i was like oh this is really cool i really like the art style the music Mm -hmm. is great it just has this whole atmospheric vibe that's uh just really groovy and cool and at the same time very melancholy and i'm like i like this i like this a lot 
It is. It's a, it's a tougher game. And I would definitely say it kind of has that, like, I don't know, um, Metroidvania or even like Dark Souls type thing where like you you go through locations multiple times, but you get certain tools that allow you to do more things in an area that help you progress. Um, or there's like shortcuts that you find where like the first time you go this this way, you have to take this long route and fight all of these enemies and not die because you can only take four hits and then you die. Um, so, so like that's it's definitely difficulty is definitely an element in the game. And I would say like it's frustrating that there is no option to kind of change the difficulty. You kind of just have to struggle through it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it has, you'll, you'll go do these like kind of alternative routes. And then once you do them that first time, there's a shortcut. So, you know, if you do die, you start in a closer spot or you, or you're able to get back there faster. So it has that sort of exploration element to it and that sense of progression there. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's just a really beautiful game, very atmospheric. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would definitely recommend it. Other than that, I keep I've also thinking been... it's on Game Pass. It's not on Game Pass, but I keep thinking it's on Game Pass. It, it felt feels... like a Game Pass one, yeah. A hundred percent, yeah. I think because it um, launched exclusively there too, in, in terms of console exclu exclusivity, that's what I'm anyway. Of. And yeah. so often it just means Game Pass. But yeah, that one wasn't for some strange reason. And mm -hmm. now it's on everything anyway. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's so good. Um, Did you play game... it on Switch? Because I'm thinking about picking it up and trying it again, maybe on Switch. But I don't no. know if it controls very well. <laughs> no. And the only reason I did, I almost did. But my husband was like, I will fight you if you do this. So I bought an <laughs> Xbox Series X for the sole purpose of playing Death Store. Excellent. So I bought I bought the Excellent. Xbox. Perfect. And then I, I, I know everybody else is like Halo. And I'm like, I want to play this $25 indie game. So I'm going to buy a $500 <laughs> console for it. Um, so I purchased that. And then I bought Death Store because it wasn't. On, I also thought it was on Game Pass. And so then I purchased Death Store on top of that. And then I didn't touch it, even though this was like literally a few weeks within the game coming out. And then someone reached out to me and said, hey, do you want to code for it on PlayStation 5? And actually, no, they didn't even ask. They just sent me the code. So I was like, damn it. Now I have a code for it on PlayStation I 5. <laughs> I hate it when that happens. I hate it so much. And, I'm like, and you then, put me in a bind. Yeah. <laughs> And like it's it's like the stupidest thing to complain about, but I got that code and I was just like, God damn it! I'm like, I'm not I'm not going to tell Andrew about this, my husband. <laughs> um, and then I got and and then it came out on Switch, and I was like, Oh, but I love playing indie games on Switch. I really really want to buy it. And he was like, Do not do that. It's <laughs> like okay. Um, so I played it on Xbox, but I've heard that it plays really really well on Switch. Okay. Yeah. Cool 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 cool. Um, and then other than that, I've been playing Solar Ash 2. I started it last Ooh. night. Um, it is very short. I actually stopped myself last night because I didn't want to beat it in one sitting. And I'm not like a fiend who normally beats games in one sitting. It just seems kind of short, honestly. Because um, like I probably played it for three or four hours at most. And I have oh, like two areas short. to do. And like, and then I'm done. It's pretty short. Yeah, I would say there's no way that game is longer than like seven hours. Um, but yeah, so it's it's a really beautiful game, though. It is. Hello, car. Sorry. Oh, I thought that was on my end. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, my gosh, it's so loud. I'm going to let it like go away. 
Um, it is a really beautiful game, though. It is very different from Hyperlight Drifter. So if you're going into that expecting that sort of experience, I mean, the color palette is similar and there's like the geometric <laughs> like shit. Like there's like design elements that are very similar. Right. But like um, it's, a, it's a very different kind kind of game. It almost feels a lot like playing a mid 2000s platformer and how it controls just like very fluid. It feels almost like almost like Jack and Daxtery, but more fluid. But it, it feels kind of like that has like a platformery feel. Um, and yeah, and then you have like these giant boss fights that are a lot of fun. Um, I've seen them compared to like Shadow of the Colossus, which like I ki- I kind of get that. Um, at, at the same time, though, I feel like rather than it being. I don't know. The game is just very it's it's very much about fluid, connected movements. And like the second that you lose momentum, um, like that's that's where there's struggles because it's less like strategic fighting and like in and like crawling up there and all the stuff and more just like it's I don't know. Like I said, it's just about movement. Um, but it's a, it's a really cool game. I'm really liking it. The soundtrack in that game is also really good. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to beat it. Ooh. I, I'm you sold me at it's seven hours. Honestly, I was like, yeah. perfect. Uh, more, yeah. more, more, I, I like the feeling of beating a game, and I feel like so many games I drop because they're just like such a time commitment. So, hearing that I can beat it in like one or two settings is like, ah, perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although, I'm surprised that Solar Ash, just because it did have a hype cycle behind it, another game that they're like, oh, yeah, first week of December, we can definitely. Yeah. Release our game in that time frame, and it will be fine. <laughs> yeah, it it's you've been saying, Jordan. Indies release your games when no one else is releasing <laughs> their games. Please, if you just delay it to January, I have so much time to play your game. So much time, like. <laughs> yeah, definitely an interesting uh, time to release that game, especially because like. You know, you were talking about Chorus and how it feels like this, like, double A game. That's 100% what Solar Ash kind of feels like to me, too, mm-hmm. is it It definitely has, like, these grander ambitions. And it's like, you can tell that Heart Machine, the studio, like, got some money from Hyperlight Drifter. And they're like, okay, we can be a little bit more ambitious with this. And so, like, they have the soundtracks really good. Like, the voice acting in that game is actually really, really good, too. I think that was, like, one of the things that shocked me the most. I wasn't it's expecting. It, yeah, it has it's fully voice acted and it has like all these like video logs and stuff. And like, it's actually it's it's really cool. Um, and I wasn't expecting that. So it's like there's there's lots of these like really polished areas and then going through the actual environments themselves, like definitely still cool. But like you can see, right, like that there it just it's not quite triple A standard, um, mm-hmm. but it's still really enjoy it. The environments look very Destiny 2 ish, which is mm-hmm. cool. Um Kind of similar color palette too. I can hear Phil like running over that to like bust your door. It's like, what's like Destiny? <laughs> well, I think that's going to do it for the podcast. I think we're going to save uh, listener questions for a- another time. Um, although I don't know if they will be on next week because I believe next week will be a special episode that we're going to do. Um, Oh. Well, this this one was obviously Ooh. special too because we were here. Well, that's what yes, you of course. Every yes, yes, absolutely. People need to know who our two new editors are: <laughs> one who's been here for a few weeks, and one who won't really be here until next week. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, tune in 
next week for uh, for a special a special episode. Um, also, while I'm here giving plugs, uh, Lucy asked me to uh, plug for y'all uh, our new uh, show that is starting up on uh, our YouTube channel called Loadout. It's actually not a new show. It's a returning about show. about to say what? <laughs> um, but it's the new season of Loadout. It's season okay. two. Uh, for you those scared you don't know, me for a second. <laughs> what? <laughs> Loadout is a uh, show done over uh, in the UK by uh, the lovely Dave Jewett, who kind of like talks about um, weapons and how they sort of relate to video games um and this first episode for season two is about uh how uh video games get shotguns wrong and it is uh going to feature uh jonathan ferguson uh who is known for our expert react series which is by far the most popular thing uh on our youtube channel so a lot of people really like that so if you enjoy that you'll probably quite like this so go check that out it should be available on saturday which is tomorrow as of the time of this episode's airing, uh, if you're interested in that. Uh, and otherwise, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Let's go around. Uh, Jordan, where can the lovely folks find you? Uh, they can find me over on Twitter at JMRamay. And by the time this episode airs, I will either be fuming by the lack of Silk Song announcements mm. or just fucking screaming constantly. <laughs> still, still Incoherently. So, later. <laughs> One of those two. That's actually the special episode next week. <laughs> <That's> just, <laughs> yes. a, just an hour and a half of me screaming into a microphone. Yes, what about you? Where can the folks find you? Folks, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at a wild Jessichu. Oh, I love that's clever. I, I never even <laughs> I like don't pay that much attention to people's ad handles, uh, but that is I didn't notice that until now. That is wonderful. I love oh, thank that. you. That's so good. Thank you. <laughs> Mark, how about you? Yeah, just Twitter for me um, at Mark Delaney says. I tried to get at Mark Delaney and some other guys camping on it without tweeting anything. So <gasps> until then, I've got the says oh, at the end of mine. That's the worst. I'm gonna see if we can get a contact order that'll boot them from the from the platform. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is always the worst. My my favorite is um, is uh, on on. Twitch, I was trying to look up kind of funny, and you have to go to kind of funny games. There is someone else who owns at kind of funny on Twitch and is just sitting on it, not posting at all. And I was like, damn, I wonder if this is worth something. I wonder if the kind of funny folks are just human. They're just like, oh, one day, one day we'll get we'll get the kind of funny handle. Um anyway, you could you could find me over at John Luke Psyche. Um and hopefully uh yeah, we'll just Working on stuff, getting getting ready for the end of the year for uh, Game of the Year. Uh, we're going to be Gosh. posting all of our best of stuff pretty dang soon. Um, I don't know, Jordan, have we officially revealed when we're posting all that stuff? I don't want to. Uh, no, we have not officially okay. revealed, but people can do the math and they. <laughs> the pattern will hold. You, it's coming soon. Like yeah. what are. Nominees and all not, they're coming soon. You have time to calculate. It'll be here before January rolls around, okay? Like like it always has. Say, if you have time to calculate how much we've spent on loot boxes, you have time to figure out. (laughs) (laughs) But again, please don't tell me. Please do not tell me. We're going to get so many fucking people in the mentions just being like, oh, by the way, you have spent $340 and like, shut up, shut up. That's not even counting my son's Rocket League expenditures. So really, I can't, I can't be 
I can't be doing this math. <laughs> All right. Well, that's about going to do it. And oh, yes, one more thing. Mm -hmm. I almost forgot to mention. Uh, last week, uh, Lucy and uh, Tam wanted us to uh, shout out people uh, to give us a review on the Apple iTunes uh, store because it helps apparently uh, get this podcast up in more people's eyes. We asked you guys to go give reviews. And uh, if you wanted, even ask a question. Um, so. I went over and checked and we did get uh, one five-star review from a blue Yoshi 93. So shout out Ooh, to the you, best colored Yoshi blue Yoshi 93, who says awesome cast. Thank you for the podcast. I love it. And I listen to every episode when it comes out. So thank you to you. If you want to get your own shout out, uh, please go over to iTunes or your podcast listener of choice and give us a review. And with that, we will see you all next time. Bye.